PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 375 of Cinema Crespity. So, yeah, Tristan Cogman, how you doing? Man, that was some really bad Spanglish. That's my Spanglish story in Adam Sam, Sandler. Even your Spanglish is bad. I almost said Adam Sandberg. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what a start. <laughs> What Already. A, what a legendary start to what is sure to be the finest episode of Crespity. So, yeah, that's right. Oh, I hit the wrong button. What's that sound? Is that you? What? That sounds sound like the ocean. <laughs> I think that was you. You're, it it might have been. I think you were deflating air. I think, I I think, think it was. I think you were finally defeated as a human <laughs> and your spirit that was you leaving. Think, that you think didn't exist was finally Just leaving left my your body. body. I was like, was, fuck this, I'm finally out of here. I'm finally out of here. Oh, no. What, I wish. What have we wrought upon the earth? It's uh, it's like a Cthulhu spell, but uh, much more boring. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <coughs> uh, that's, of course, the virus that we'll be talking about later in the second half of the show. I know this is an entertainment show about, but the problem is it's about entertainment. The entertainment world. It's being fucking heavily influenced we by are this being, shit. We are being devoured by uh, a pandemic. So it is, you know. Surely to be not to be taken lightly, like that basketball player, that dude, and uh, for the ja- the jails. What the team jails? was he? What team was he playing for? I have no idea. I think it was Utah, because then they had to quarantine the team, and they were on the road. And then I saw that someone Google mapped their their charter bus trip, uh, and it was like an eighteen hour trip. No, that sucks because they, they ain't getting on a plane. No. I guess. Um, yeah, so we'll talk. We got to talk about that virus stuff. But we'll talk about it in the second half of the show. In the meantime, wash your hands. If, you, if you're listening to this now, when was the last time we washed your hands? If you got to think about it, it's been too long. Wash them. Uh, uh, be check in on your your loved ones, especially the elderly and those who uh, are immunocompromised. If that is you listening, go <laughs> bubble wrap yourself and stay away. Stay away <laughs> from public spaces. Uh, use delivery services. Many companies are getting for free now. You yeah. know, for the next few weeks to try to you know leave it. We got we're in this together. Unfortunately, that's part of the problem. So, uh, in the first half, though, we're going to talk about we did go to the movies. They have not shut down the theaters yet. They have not. not yet. They have not pulled all the movies from distribution just. I yet. mean, they're pulling some of the movies. Some have been pulled, <laughs> but not the ones that we don't want to see. So we went. We had a, we had options, Drew, this week. We, we did. We, we, we did. We did have options. We had. We could either go see. I still believe. I I still believe. For people who don't know, I still believe is the Christian exploitation movie <laughs> of the moment based on a true story mm-hmm. of a young singer, young man, early 20s, I believe, uh, who just as his uh, Christian star was rising, uh, uh, his girlfriend, fiance, got uh, diagnosed with, I think, ovarian cancer. She was obviously very young as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know, really bad diagnosis, stage four. And people were even telling him, like, you shouldn't be getting married because... She's going to die. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> and uh, he was like, no. 
I'm going to put myself through hell. I still believe. And, uh, of course, she dies. And then... Duh. Through, and then, you know, he grieves. And then he meets another woman. And they get married. And then they're together. And it's, it's a great Christian story of, I don't know, faith. So that's what the movie is about. Real life story. That was one of our options. Well, and it, I pushed. That was in 3,250 theaters. And that was in a lot of theaters. Only made $9.5 million. In 3,000 theaters, nine and a half million. We saw the trailer a few times. You know, you know, you know. It's funny, Chris. What is funny? Bloodshot, the number three movie. Yes, made nine point three million. Same amount of money, but it was in. It was only in twenty eight hundred screens in less theaters. So you're telling me the power of CG Vin Diesel is stronger than the power of young, God. young love in the face of adversity through God? Yes, with fighting faith through God. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know for when I put, throw it on my ducket, so I have a choice. Do you want to watch one of these movies? Do you want to make a sequel to Bloodshot Two? Or I still continue to believe. I s- don't. Don't stop. Never believing. Don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> Stay believing. Oh boy. We're into some copyright troubles if we continue down this path. Uh, those are two of our options: Bloodshot and uh, I still believe in both of them. On Rotten Tomatoes are not done well. we're in there like 30 40 and 30 percent res- uh, percentiles yeah respectively. Blood, bloodshot 31 i Oof. still believe 43 christian exploitation is not my cup of tea so i'm not going to be seeing that movie no matter what yeah i can't honestly can't think of a single christian christian exploitation movie that is actually like reviewed I'm, well besides passion of the christ but that goes beyond christian exploitation but to, it still is but it is it is it's the whole square rectangle thing. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's also a snuff film. Exactly. <laughs> it's also something else. It's yeah. like, whoa. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the only one that's like really well reviewed and people are like, whoa, check this one out. Everything else, Fireproof, the Kirk Cameron one, where the, the firefighter who can't stop masturbating. I mean, Samson and Delilah back in the day was a hit. Actual Bible stories are different. Okay, different things. We have different things. So you got your Bible stories. Mm-hmm. Samson, Delilah, Ten Commandments, Exodus. But is that Exodus, not, Gods and Kings. But even that has Is that not Christian exploitation? Of its own yeah. right, but it's a genre, right? Mm-hmm. It's still its own genre, the biblical epic. And then there's these modern stories of people and their faith. Faith exploitation? Should we be calling it that instead? To be least excuse Christian. Uh, and Middle America. Oh, yeah, that's where the real Americans live. <laughs> the real Americans live in America. We're, we're the real America and the real Americans. Uh, they uh, they beat their wives and they don't get divorced. That's how, that's how the Lord prefers it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good Lord. <laughs> that's what I gather from growing up. Yeah. Uh, and observing, being observant, using my eyeballs. Uh, so those are two of our options. And our third option was the hunt. The hunt. Which, how many theaters was that in? I can't be. Can't have been three, that many. 3,028. God damn, a wide, wide ass fucking release for this yeah. little Bloom House uh, uh, action exploitation. Action exploitation. Split- uh, uh, I mean, th- they were just really trying to. I don't know what this thing was. I mean, it, what was it trying to do? It, it's, it seemed like it was a weird action thriller with. Some not very convincing politics involved. Not convincing. It was like, uh, uh, it was like, well, in the movie, features a pig mm-hmm. dressed up running around. Mm-hmm. And then later, someone monologues on Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. 
That's how smart this movie thinks is. Which, like, oh, we, shit. We but, smart. But, but, no, you're not. We read Animal Farm when we were 11. Ooh, so did I. It's like a shock when another and, character is like, you read Animal Farm? And and on top of after, re- after reading Animal Farm, we also watched the animated movie so we could compare and contrast. Come on. Let me Animal Farm. It's for children. And this movie is like, it's high literature. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at the time it was, but... At the time when it came out, yeah. when Oral wrote it, yeah, sure. But now it's been dissected to death. Yeah, give me a movie in which the liberal elite is like, I want someone to be able to like try to quote a like Gravity's Rainbow or Infinite Jest, and then have the the Republican like hero character call him out and be like, you actually haven't read that. <laughs> no one's read that. Stop, stop lying. You just have it on your <laughs> shelf to look smart, like all the rest of you liberal elitists. Okay, so this movie. <laughs> This one could have been a fine movie. You it know? could have. It could have been fine. It could have. I mean, if let's it, talk about what. I can, th- we talk, let's, can we do the thing where we talk about? I like talking about what worked. Can we talk about what I, worked? What do you okay. think worked? What do you think worked? Go for it. No, tell me. What do you think worked? I mean, in all reality, I wasn't really put on by like anything in the movie really? at all. Nothing. Yeah, n- none of it really. I mean, the whole the 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 liberals uh, hiring a consultant. I mean, that was pretty sure. accurate. Sure. Like, that's definitely what would have happened. Absolutely. Because without that training, they would not have been able to but, kill the other ones. They're Be- smart enough to do it. Yeah. yeah. I think that guy is da- uh, Dale, Sergeant. Oh, whatever. Not Sergeant. I think this that guy. Like, I just don't. I, I mean, I just don't understand. At this point in time, I don't understand the argument. Like of the, the movie, or what the, argument? The, the the whole liberal elite. Because I mean, if you if you look at the people who have money and are in power in America right now, none they, they might be elite. But very few of them are liberal. The ones who have the real power. Yeah, people are actually calling the shots. Even the ones that are uh, so called democratic and maybe do like uh, do the lip service towards liberal causes uh-huh. are still as like conservative and trenchant in their yeah. gatekeeper-y, this is the mm-hmm. status quo ways. Mm-hmm. One so. side is like, you minorities need to shut up and just be happy with the way it is. I did a southern accent on purpose. The mm-hmm. other side mm-hmm. is like, you minorities deserve a piece of the pie. Now, Give us time to cut up these pieces. <laughs> the VM2. Here's a small piece now. We promise, we promise more, we'll give you more later. Or promise more pieces are coming later. We understand. We know. We know. It's a we get it. It's, it's cool. Up. It's fucked up. The system's fucked up. I mean, I'm still going to profit off it yeah. as much as I can, <laughs> this but... Is, this fuck, this <laughs> fucked up, and it needs to be torn down. Now, no, no, no. No, no, not no, now. No, later. No, 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 we're the system... Future right generations. The system's working. Future right generations. Now. Future. So, I mean, you you will need to tear it down. Tear down that system, my man. But before we do that, no, wait. Michelle. <laughs> can I introduce you to some crack? <laughs> Motherfucker! Um, yeah, you're right. And so... so yeah, like, they're, they're, for, for, for me... For me personally, the movie fell flat on every argument that it even attempted to make. That it was trying to do, probably because, like the Animal Farm reference, it's surface level, yeah. not thought out. Like yeah. you just thought it out. Yeah. Well, well, and and I and I guess that's why I didn't understand why the Animal Farm reference was even in the movie because it didn't have anything to do with anything that was going on. And then at the end, when they tried to tie it in, the character was even like, "Wait, so which character is which? Like, which Animal Farm character is which in this story?" That, that's what. And yeah. then, and then they're like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you, yeah, you guys really don't know what you're you doing. Do, no, like not at all. Like it didn't make it didn't it. Like it was supposed to be this big controversial dividing movie, and for me, it was just it. It was a really messy ploy at something. It was like <laughs> it, it. It seemed like somebody had an idea, and whoever had the idea, 
like had a, a decent general idea of what they thought they knew about politics. Yeah. But but whoever this person was obviously is just spewing out the garbage that they hear on television. The, and yes. Is, but at least they're spewing both sides. Yes. So I'll give them that. They have their... But it, I, I mean, these days, if you're going to do mm. anything that has to do with current politics mm -hmm. you have to, like you were saying you have to go hard, go hard satire yeah they, they didn't go satire enough hard walking out of the movie i told you and that, it has to be convincing and it does have to be intelligent unfortunately that was yes as, as, as we're walking out of the movie i'm trying to be like what didn't why wasn't this movie working because it wasn't smart and it wasn't yeah because there was no satire and then i did say though as i was thinking in my head very deep into the movie man this movie is missing true satire <laughs> uh a very campy silly thing happened uh and i was like now that this is what we need <laughs> this movie should have been this this could have been this should have been like the airplane of of uh political well yeah i mean i mean movies. actually okay so one of my favorite parts of the movie mm -hmm. was the beginning of the movie you think we're following emma roberts and you're like, okay, so this movie is going to be about her it's experience. This, she, and, she's and, a name that people know, a face that people recognize. And and, and what's going on here and that, her. the other, and then blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. And then you don't follow her for, <laughs> for, for much longer. Spoiler alert, guys. You don't follow her for much longer. Okay, yes. I did so, want to say this about some of the things I like. Like, stuff like that, I think, was fun. That was more fun in just, like, an action movie sense. In a, in a, in a, in a convention trope sort of thing. Yeah. Where it's like... The movie starts, and you introduce a whole bunch of characters, and some people are introduced to the way they talk and the way they act. Like, oh, here is our hero. Here is so and, and here so. Is here's our blah, blah, blah. Here's yeah. And then... Uh, Completely uh, flip the switch. Throughout the movie. And just, like, throw it all away real quick. Outside... Yeah, throw it all away. Outside of... Um, at, while we're introduced to Emma Roberts, and we're like, oh, yeah, this is one of our... Give me our leads. We're also introduced to this Betty Gilpin mm -hmm. lady. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Crystal in the movie? Yeah. And um, she is shown to be immediately competent. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in a, some sort of weird situation, but she's already working on it. And we see how wordlessly it's actually a yeah. pretty decent little piece of filmmaking. Yeah. And Immediately, she's making a compass. Outside of her... Do not grow attached to a single character. <laughs> because they do not matter. No one, no one matters. No one lasts. No, it, it, at that at that point, when someone lasts more than two scenes, like whoa. <laughs> once we get to her story, it really ceases to be anything but like a generic Bloomhouse final girl situation. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and but and then of course uh, tacked onto a uh, a survival action survival movie yeah. in the vein of your. Battle Royals, uh, Hunger Games. No. Or so did we just see this? Just saw this in something else. Um, we just saw a trailer for it. Uh, what? Run, girl, run. That, with, is, that with what's is her face? Run, sweetheart, run. Yeah. yeah. That that is the more the the final girl, torture the girl until she like fights back sort of thing. No. The only thing that interests me in that movie when she goes Rambo slash Karate Kid slash what the fuck is going on yeah it's uh, <laughs> I, yeah I wish they had I actually wish they kept that out of the marketing the the Rambo turn that would have been fun to see that in the actual movie. like yeah. what <laughs> like yeah girl but but I guess they also were afraid of trying to market it as the movie is about a girl's being fucking hunted down and tortured because yeah. that's the, like, like I don't I'm not interested in that but the fact that it's a dude who's like a demon sort of thing. No, like, he's what? definitely the devil. So now we need an explanation, <laughs> need an explanation as of this, how this is all going to yeah, work de out. he's definitely the devil. 
Uh, 100%. So I'm interested in seeing the supernatural part play out and also the um, the aesthetic of it. The, yeah. the, the, the neon lights. And yeah, and it, all looks, yeah. it looks cool. It looks fun. Very 80s inspired. Uh, but yeah, it is again in that, that thing. So in it's, that it's, a, it's the Bloomhouse thing. Yeah. Um, I So I thought the action bits were fine. I thought it was. I, I like that. Uh, within a few minutes of the movie, you're like, oh, no character is safe. No. Like, besides for our lead, mm-hmm. no character. Anyone could go, you know, oh, here's a recognizable. If the person's recognizable. More than likely they're dead. They're even more than likely. Like, <laughs> do not get attached to this person. Uh, in one scene, they had a character that said they were from Staten Island, another one that said they were from Orlando, and I just almost like I yep. almost disintegrated and booped into like time <laughs> nothing. This like, I no. see like the same matter can't occupy the same space. <laughs> the same I ron over myself into a plastic. You gotta listen to our Patreon to know what we're talking about, or yeah. just see time come. Um, it is funny though. So the movie then is ostensibly about characters who. Again, have one and have your cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. sort of thing, or just not doing enough research. I don't know what it is. Movie is about libs elite, lib elites, uh, who uh, they're terrible people. Shown, mm-hmm. They're shown to be terrible people right mm-hmm. away from the beginning. Uh, very dismissive mm-hmm. and talking down to the help. I mean, we only like we we only get the uh, the other side of the horribleness like halfway through the movie. What do you mean? Where they because we're following the the quote unquote the, the Republicans, yes. the, the 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 normals, yes, the the quote unquote the, the deplorables, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call yeah, them. right, all the deplorables, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever you want right to call the movie. the the ninety seven percent, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know we're following them, so we're because we're the moviegoer, we're in their story, mm-hmm. we are sympathetic to them and their cause mm-hmm. until you get to the uh, like the. The, the, the libtard cuckold fucking lair they yeah. got the big wall and it's basically all of like the worst parts of these people yeah. are up on the wall yeah 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 so you you, you you get the other side that's right yeah so that's what I'm saying right so where so we're shown that the liberals are terrible and they've kidnapped these uh, republicans rednecks these red staters mostly red staters yeah. and uh, and they're hunting them down they're trying to make a game of it but then, at the same time, like Ethan Suplee's character, he's like, oh, they're crisis actors, and they're this and that. And, he, and he's talking about all these uh, all these big points, these Republican talking points. Yeah. So it's like they are still, like, racist bad people, and, uh, like, all right, but then they're, like... But then one of them ends up being a crisis actor, But Chris. then, yeah, they're, like, they're... they're <laughs> like, um, Their fears or whatever, like, born out to be... Right? That, no, that, that would be fine. But it's just, like, they're... Everyone's bad? Yeah, no, exactly. You gotta, you gotta pick one. Someone's gotta be right, someone's gotta be wrong. There was... No sides were picked in this. I feel like they're just saying, no, we're all... Yeah, we're all pieces of shit. It's like, oh, so you, we were just joking, uh, but then you made this whole, like, straight out of old boy, like, your, your jokes made it real. Yeah. But but even even still, like if you were going to go that route, like yeah. go that route to the extreme, and like at the end, be like, yeah, we're all pieces of shit, and fucking blow the world up, you know? At least make it fun. I got a Miyake. Maybe do, maybe, do, maybe do something Miyake. weird with it. Maybe Miyake should have made. Uh, you know, give this me some movie. give me some cabin in the woods. You know, that's asking for smartness. That's asking <laughs> for thinking beyond the surface level. But this movie is just surface level. Uh... So the only thing that was good about it was like the little bit of action. The little, the, the, you don't know who's gonna live or die. Well, you just, oh, when the, uh, gonna the, par- the part that you liked was when uh, what's her face fucking uh, 
Oh, I can't remember. Why can't I think of her name right now? Swank. Yes, when she grabs the uh, the champagne bottle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff like that. The little, but that came so late. Yeah. And actually, that whole final fight scene I thought was pretty good. Uh, they they really were going out of pre and some you know jokes with like going through glass and things like that. Like they started, I felt like they started doing it at the end of the movie. It's like oh, this <laughs> the whole movie you just started doing it now. You're missing it. You missed so many boats. <coughs> uh, you missed so many boats. You just hopped onto the last boat at the end, and it's not enough. You're still we didn't make it. We're still falling off this waterfall together. Yeah. Um, the you know also the, it was missing. I realized right at the very end when then it cuts up black and it said the hunt in big letters on the screen, and then a score came with dun 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 like really intense music. And I was like, wait a second, this movie even have a score? Like I totally did not notice any music whatsoever <laughs> the whole movie. Maybe it didn't. Chris, maybe, maybe it was just at the end. Maybe it didn't. Uh, or maybe. Maybe it did. It was just completely immemorable. And then at the end, they blast it really loud. Uh, this movie needed a good John Carpenter-ish rip-off score. Mm-hmm. All right? It needed uh, get them CG squibs, get the CG violence out of here. Because it was getting violent. The movie got violent. It was a very violent movie. Oh, also, I was going to say, well, I don't know what they're trying to say. See, again, it's confusing. So... Of the people that they pull, and they pull people because of stuff they posted specifically on the internet, right? That's why they... It's personal. It's a very personal, ends up being a very personal thing. But they all still have, were supposed to have these similar uh, political beliefs. Mm-hmm. One guy says he's from Staten Island, New York. Staten Island is a Republican stronghold in New York City. New York City, though, still a blue city. Yeah. Uh, it's a blue city in a red state. In a red state, in a very large red state. But Staten Island is, is the Republican spot of it, right? That's where the, the money goes. That's the suburbs of New York City. Uh, Orlando gets name-checked, mm-hmm. right? Florida, purplish, purple-reddish, right? Uh, it's gone blue occasionally. Occasionally. Getting more and more so as more people move down here. Yeah. Uh, but Orlando is a fucking... It's a blue haven in a red state. Straight up uh, uh, go one hardcore... Yeah, we are blue. One hardcore hill cat for, yeah. for 2016. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, just weird to name check Orlando for to represent uh, well, bumpfuck Florida. Or, Orlando, the thing with Florida is, you know, they, I mean, they, they call them the quote unquote co- coastal elites for a reason. Yeah. You know, the, the coasts of Florida are very blue while the interior is very red. That's true. Orlando's dead smack in the middle. We the middlest of it. Yeah. No. But we mad blue though. No. We're like, uh,. I think it's because number one LGBTQ friendly city in America. I think it's because we're we're the main hub in between the coasts, so it's kind of it's bled through that artery. That makes it's such a transitory. Yeah, yeah. When you have so many people, so many entertainment stuff, and so so many, and with so many tourists as well from Mm. all over the world now. Like when you have that many people from all over the world in one spot, it, it, it just blows it out. You know, that's true. This that's is kind true. of the way it is. Yeah, we're surrounded, we're surrounded by all these cuck libs. God damn it! That's why I got to get my guns. I'm gonna grab my guns. Uh, so they're in the same scene, and I was like, oh, "This is weird." <laughs> and then also, he was wearing a a basketball jersey that said "Hustle" on it, mm-hmm. but it was like straight up looked like from a distance an Orlando Magic jersey. Oh yeah, well, I mean, he he had what looked like a teardrop tattoo until you get close, and it was the state of Florida. That was funny. He had the state of Florida on his face. Yeah. I, oh man, that'd be bad. I've seen it. The state of Florida on someone's face. Really tiny. Really tiny. It doesn't you, say usually, flow grown around it. Usually over here. Maybe or like by the hairline. Maybe someone did flow grown like on the hairline and then the monster logo like on their thigh. Because I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen straight a monster logo tattoo on the thigh. 
That's bad. That was bad. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at her pushing that baby stroller. I was like, that poor kid. He's <laughs> got no <laughs> chance in life. Zero chance in life. Very sad day. Very sad day for me personally. Yeah. I mean, for them, just existence. But well, for yeah. Me, it was well, a bad they, day. they probably don't even know. They were, yeah, they really brought me down. It was a real bummer. No, they were having fun. They're eating ice cream. Um. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a mushy movie. It wants to be something that it's not. It wants to be satirical, but it's not. It wants to be smart, but it's not. It wants to be uh, shocking in its violence, but it really wasn't that they shocking. Need, There's they, nothing. They need to up. They need to make the up. They need to make it like Tarantino style violence. Yeah, uh, even you know, Rambo style violence. Get, get some smarter writers. Much smarter. Someone gets. Someone gets smarter. Someone. I mean, you know, even have uh, you know two smart guys with opposing political views and have one write one side and one write the other and then. You could, you could that or show it. Uh, I'd be even happy with the 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 liberal elite cuck idiots. They're the worst. The people that they pull for Republicans are like, yeah, we served our country. Like, I'm I'm a I'm a veteran. Like, I'm a hardworking farmer. Like, give us like these are the quote real Americans. And they fight back. And they win. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm like, ideologically, this movie is dangerous. But at least he went somewhere with it. Uh, well, at least he had an opinion. Yeah. I still need to... Oh, I'm, almost, I'm almost afraid to watch it. Also, it's a little long. Also, I don't want to support this guy much anymore. But um, at least with his new stuff. But uh, Drag the Cross Concrete. That movie came out, I think it was last year. Uh, the the, the, the uh, Vince Vaughn, Mel Gibson, they're like cops... Living in a, in a community that's like the opposite of gentrification, like okay. a bunch of black people have moved in, and they're worried about oh my my poor white family, and uh, and then the the chief of police is, or the captain's talking to him, and it's like you can't do nothing without the media dragging you through and calling you police brutality stuff like that. Uh, it's a very right wing fantasy type of thing where they write it all off by having one character be like, yeah, but my best friend's over here, he's black, you know that type of thing. This guy, that's the movies he makes. I mean, the... But it's, the, it's supposed to be very well made. Chris, the greatest thing the Republicans ever did was... Pro, 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 prove the existence of the devil? It's the opposite of Kaiser Soze. No, 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 no. The greatest thing they ever did was promote this whole thing called racism, where one is different from the other. Yeah. Because they avoided the whole classism thing, where, you know, basically the, the, the whites and the blacks are absolutely the same. They just yeah. hate each other, and the poor are destroying the poor, yeah, which true. is what the rich want, so... That's true. Uh... Class classism was taking root uh, the idea of class warfare was taking root in America in the 60s 50s 60s uh, so that's when the law and order got introduced mm. so. that's true well. you're right you've been reading the same books I've read you've been reading New Jim Crow New Jim Crow's a good book Drew. no I, I haven't read New Jim Crow I'm just a student of history uh, <laughs> a student so you know these, these are my own ideas that I've come up with well you're right you're right um. Yeah. So the hunt is like it's just in the middle. Everyone, everyone's bad, but everyone's good. I don't know. No, it doesn't work. That no, way. you can't. You can't have your cake and eat too. Pick one. It doesn't work. Pick that one way. or the other, and then make that movie. Yeah. That's. I mean. That's why I like rewatching movies. That's what you learn. That's, at least that's what I've learned from rewatching these movies from the eighties and nineties that we're doing on the Patreon. The your commandos and. And uh, Demolition Man's and Over the Cops, Over the Tops, Over the Cop, Over the Cop is my uh, <laughs> my project I've been working on. Uh, they're all like right-wing fantasies. Yeah. And they're great for it. <laughs> Seriously. They're fantastic for it. Yeah. He's calling for what they are. <clears throat> um, so anyway, The Hunt's out. No, not very no, good. No, not very good. Not very recommendable. I mean, if you're at home, I mean, you, know, you want to see a little bit of action. Good, good for it. The you lead, know, the it lead got, chick is okay in it. It got a lot of, uh, got a lot of press, so good for it. <laughs> Um, but I mean, there were three mass shootings in the span of like two weeks. Yes. 
public machines before the movie came out. So I get it. There was a trippy time for it to come out at that, but it, it was not worth all the no, hysteria. They not at all. Yeah. No, it's they should have just gone ahead and put it out at that time, and people could have seen it, like, oh, yeah, this movie's not worth it. Because <laughs> it's totally not. Nah, I guess actually those mass shoes are probably the best thing that could have happened to him. Good for you, Bloomhouse. Good for you. Maybe they stage him. Ooh, Crisis Ooh, Actors. Hey. They believe in Crisis Actors. That's your sequel to The Hunt. Do a Blair Witch 2 style, where it's a world in which The Hunt is a movie, mm-hmm. and they're like, we need to capitalize on the success, or, uh, or no, someone figured, anyway. You know what? We've given this movie enough thought. <laughs> more, more thought than it deserves. Let's move on to our media diets. We gave it more thought than the people who made it, Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's for sure. <laughs> In just 30 minutes and whatever time they spent, let's do our media diets. So I'm <clears throat> continuing to read Easy Riders Raging Bulls by Peter Biskind. Biskind? Biskind? I'm about halfway through, 250 pages in. And, uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, uh, correctly enough, adequately enough, appropriately enough. There we go. Um, halfway through the 70s. It's 1975 yeah, in the right. book. The way they work it out. It's very good. Um, and man, it's full of stories. Everyone's an asshole in one way or another. To someone. Usually to women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but everyone, everyone sucks. Also, what I'm learning, you want to be successful, hugely successful in your career, Drew? You have to got to be an asshole. I mean, yeah. You got to be a jerk. You got to put your career first. You got to be a jerk. Yeah. Career first, family second, maybe third or fourth right. behind a bunch of other things. Whatever, all the other things uh, that help your career. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you got to step on people and be just a general awful human yes. being. Uh, Paul Schrader was a, a, a human parasite of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Scorsese uh, uh, left his uh, first wife and kid behind essentially for his career. Uh, uh, so far, what else was gone? Francis is a, a egomaniac and a megalomaniac who, so far at this point, is successful. So that's a, yeah. not not good. Then a sopper, a, a megalomaniac with only a little bit of success, and then he, his downfall came hard and fast. Warren Beatty, womanizer. Uh, what else we got? Peter Bogdanovich was a neurotic. Hey, hey, Chris, guess what? Creative people, they're a usually a, a whole lot crazy, mm-hmm. and b usually pretty deep pieces of shit. Usually. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, humans. But they're making good, that's pretty much par for the course. Humans making good movies, interesting movies. Uh, it's funny how some of these things come together. I just read a whole section about Lucas doing American Graffiti. How he was being challenged. Like, you can't do anything emotional. You're not an emotional person. He's like, emotional cinema is bullshit. I just want to do art. <laughs> it's like, fine, I'll give him something emotional. And he wrote American Graffiti. And people were like, this guy can't make American Graffiti. He can't, he can't even look you in the eye and talk to you. How's he going to direct? Uh, and he had to like hire an acting coach. I'm like, come on, a set and like help me with my actors while I work on all the technical shit. And then American Graffiti ends up being a fucking huge hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Exorcist, uh, the whole chapter. William Freakin's a goddamn monster, a horrible monster. Who makes really good movies? With the terrible <laughs> <great> movies, <laughs> so over budget, over schedule. People would call out sick and come back three days later. He'd be on the same shot. He didn't like the first shot of the first day. Was just a sh- it, your first shot on any movie. You typically want to be an easy shot. Someone crossing the street, a car pulling up to a building. So it's like any fr- like anything you do, s- small and simple. Get in the can. All right, we accomplished something. It's like making your bed in the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. I accomplished something. It's small, but that's how my day is going to go. Full of pr- being productive. His first shot was just a dolly shot of bacon cooking in a pan, and it was just a close up of the bacon and. <clears throat> So pulling pull the pot. Either way, he didn't like the way the bacon was cooking. He didn't like the way it was curling. 
So you had to send someone to go out and find bacon that didn't have any preservatives in it so that it would stay flat while it cooked. This is 1972. Where are you going to find bacon with no preservatives? Drew Chicago. I don't know. Is there, are, you, are you in the sticks? Because if so, go to the butcher in the sticks. Even in New York City, you're, you're like, nope. Yeah, you got to go go find a butcher in New York City. Whoever that is. You got to go to the meat district. Or that's down. Oh, well, son, that's about 22, down, 22 blocks down on uh, 44th Street. You got to go. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Just to get bacon. Yeah. Just get the shot, William. He's like, no. The bacon doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be easy for a shot of the day. No, he's a, he's a crazy he, asshole. He ruined Alan Burson's back. He ruined uh uh what's her name Regan uh the the girl who played the Linda, Linda Blair uh, ruined her back. Goddamn, goddamn monster! Slapped a priest, a real priest. Snapped him in the face. Oh, I would love to do that. That's like a bucket list type shit. It is bucket list. But that thing is freaking like believes in that shit. Yeah. Well, he does now. He did a documentary about um. The ex- the last exorcist alive in the Vatican, and uh, like with an iPhone videotaped uh, an exorcism ritual. Mm-hmm. He's a weirdo, no. and a womanizer, and a terrible dude, and a great director of film. <laughs> uh, <coughs> <coughs> good book, really good book. I'm really enjoying it. I highly recommend it. Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, and then as I'm reading, it, obviously I want to watch like every single movie that I'm reading about. Mm-hmm. Can't do it, but I have. Rewatched a couple that I haven't seen in a while. So, uh, Easy Rider, when I watched that, again, it's uh, was on, not who it was on something. Uh, my, oh, I was on Tubi. My brother watched it for the first time. He was like, What the hell is this? And it's like, explains, ah, the 60s and this and that. It's like, This sucks. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's Easy Rider. It's a cultural thing. It's uh, either you're into it or you're not. Personally, am I into it? Nah. Nah, it's fine. It's interesting to watch. Um, Mash, that's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Rewatched that for the first time in a while. I went through a, I went through an Altman thing in college. You know, everyone does that. We no. go through phases where I watch like long, the long goodbye. Mash. Uh, See my thing with my Nashville, thing, all this stuff. My thing with Mash is once you watch the movie Mash, like I couldn't I couldn't even fathom that the TV show existed. My brother just found out that there was it's a like, movie. It's like what? Yeah, like they're to- they're two completely different comedies. Yeah, my brother. I just told my brother. I was like, yeah, I just, I just. Oh, he was asking me about the book. I was like, yeah, I was reading about Mash. One is more of and a, he's like Mash is a movie. It's like yeah, man. You one of them is a movie, bro. One of them's a sitcom. The other one is a very dark comedy. It's a very dark comedy. <laughs> the darkest comedy. Uh, the ha- hands deep in a, some in a of body. Some of it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> these hands deep. In, what was it? Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt's hands deep in a body. Uh, and he and then Donald Sutherland comes in. They say. We we got the call. We can go. We can go home. So we can. So you guys got this right. <laughs> like doctors. I mean, he's got the, yeah. He still. He still. It's like okay. Fine. No way. Do this. Hey, look. You got it. I can go. Right. Um. Yeah. It, it holds up in many ways in terms of entertainment. But then there's also some stuff. It's like oh. Oh no. It's it, it's definitely a rough watch. It's a rough watch. Yeah. Some women get treated very poorly. Uh-huh. And uh, there's some casual racism thrown uh-huh. in that. But then later there's like actual racism. Yep. And so then you're like, oh, so I guess they were fine with that? Like the black guys in this movie were fine with that racism? Because they really responded poorly to this other racism. Mm-hmm. So there is like an acknowledgement of racism. Yeah. It's, that, it's that liberal Democrat bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's like, oh, I love black guys. Two of my best friends are black guys. Those dang coons. Like, oh, <laughs> whoa. Altman? Why you got to be using that language? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, the, that's the one they actually responded very poorly to. Yeah. Oh, oh, man, it was just bad. But. It's also like Fred Williamson's. Is it, that was Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson's in it. Uh, it's a football player who went on to have a very cool 70s 
exploit speaking of exploitation <laughs> a 70s like exploitation career uh and his best movie is i think it's sure called revenge and it's him and robert forster where it's a lot like um marked for death mm-hmm. where uh it's like two dudes marked for death's almost a remake of this where two dudes get together like old friends and then like one of their family members get killed or hurt in some sort of drive-by type of thing they even have the same like they're in a hospital they look at each other they turn they go like down the hallway into revenge like they go fuck <laughs> some people up and shit it's a lot of fun um, Robert Forster's hair isn't totally gone yet, so he's, he's still holding on to it. It's like, oh, buddy, come on, let that go. Um, so imagine that I also rewatched at this point, it was getting late. Uh, the first like 20 minutes of French Connection, but I was like, speaking of freaking, <clears throat> no, you got an Oscars for that one, but I was getting tired because I'm gonna go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, better call season five. I caught up on that, it's really good. You watching that at all? Nope. You caught up on that? Okay, I'm watching it, it's very, very good, enjoyable stuff on the AMC. Uh, uh, we're getting more Breaking Bad characters in there now, uh, getting us closer to, to actual Breaking Badness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm digging. It. I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really like it. It's really good. They're definitely the quality is like still there. It's mm-hmm. more of a comedy, more of a drama, but there's still some like crazy shit going on. Actually, that's the thing. Since it is more of a comedy drama, um, but it gets us closer to Breaking Bad and more characters introduced, uh, darker characters. Uh, we are getting more actual violence and, yeah you know we are getting mm-hmm. into gangland stuff so for the first couple seasons it's more of a look at slipping jimmy and it's a comedy and he's a con man and all this stuff but now we're getting to the part where like oh now there's like guns and people are getting shot yeah before all the heavy stuff was like emotional stuff in jimmy's life whether it was his yes, brother yes. or the girl he was trying to get with mm-hmm. or you know the fact that maybe he was starting to do some kind of criminal like things yeah and like but like a lot more serious than the shit he was used to doing. Season five, that shit catches up to him. He flirts with being a criminal lawyer. Oh shit! Now you a criminal lawyer. You're you're, no. you're you're now wrapped up in a world full of hurt that he doesn't even know yet. But he's getting wrapped. No. He knows it, but he doesn't. He's a smart guy, but oh boy, he did it to himself. So I'm enjoying it. It's good stuff. And um, I mentioned this a long time ago. I don't think I really brought up too much. I've been wanting to bring it up again just to catch up some people. There may be one or two people interested in this, but uh. I'm still sort of watching AEW, okay. All Elite Wrestling. AEW, AEW, They don't, they don't do that really. Okay. Which I'm kind of happy with. The cha- yeah, that's very '90s. That's all you can do. Leave that in the '90s. Do your new thing, guys. Do your own things. Um, it's enjoyable still, man. It's like it's really cool. They they keep the talking to a minimum. There's good wrestling, good young, energetic wrestlers that are a lot of fun to have particular styles. Um, Drew, there's this one guy that. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of, and I always fuck up his name. It's like uh, it's like uh, I think his name is for real Orange Cassidy. I think his name is okay. uh, Orange Julius Cassidy. And this guy has a very blase attitude to being a wrestler. Uh, he's, he's just holding. He's just like whatever, man. So he, he's a skinny guy, like a redhead skinny guy. Here comes to the side, like white shirt, jeans, glasses, and he keeps his hands in his pockets often actually does the thing where if he is wrestling he'll have his hands in the air high up in the air everyone goes whoa in the crowd and then he'll put his hands very in dramatically put his hands in his pockets and his tight jean pockets in his in, in front of him and then he will wrestle for like a minute or two with his hands in his pockets so like he'll run against the ropes he'll like yeah. do drop kicks and stiff stuff and then when he's on the ground he'll just like kip up with his hands still in his pockets and shit uh it's very one thing he does is he climbs to the top rope or is just, his name Handy Pockets? 
It should be Handy Pockets. That's a much better name. And he'll climb to the top rope and, like, dive onto the people in the crowd. Or he'll run and, like, jump through the ropes with his hands in his pockets the whole time and just, like, fucking hurdle himself at people. Uh, and then and then no matter what happens, if people start beating him up, whatever, his face, he, he's just very, like, whatever. Okay. Very funny. He's part of the Best Friends team. There's a tag team called the Best Friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, there, like, that. It comes out with them. He's, like, okay. the third, the third wheel. Okay. And the Best Friends, are like, they're fine. They're whatever wrestlers. But they do have this one thing that's really funny. It's It's one of the things that made me... It just happened to happen like the first night that I saw it, and it made me like, "What the fuck is going on here?" They have this thing where they're very into each other, lots of thumbs up, lots of high fives, and then during the match, they'll be like on opposite sides of the ring from each other in opposite corners, and everyone knows what's going to happen immediately. Where they come at each other pretty fast to the middle of the ring, and then they hug each other really tight, mm-hmm. and then when they hug each other, it's the camera that's facing the ring. Uh, the camera will like cut to the close up of them hugging and then zoom out really fast so you can see the the ring in the whole arena and everyone's like oh and they all cheer as the hug happens it's such a weird moment to see in the in the middle of a wrestling match and it's like two grown dudes hug each other and like everybody be like oh no not 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 all <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like we're bros but then with the camp but then the, it, what sells it is the camera move this this very fast pullback the zoom out uh is hysterical uh that uh, with this orange cassidy guy and then there's this other dude who has a really dumb 90s like <laughs> this guy is straight up from the school of like edge and christian r- relatability mm-hmm. uh, or the hardys he's got like half his face painted white yes and he's uh and he comes out with a skateboard he skateboards down the ramp to the ring so he does skateboard oh, he stuff skateboard. he brings a skateboard with him Ooh, that could be fun outside the ring yes exactly so he gets <laughs> used all the time uh he's a really skinny small guy uh, and he's like this guy throws himself around like a human missile. He's yeah. just, he's just uh, no care for his body whatsoever. As he he's gonna be in pain in, in mm-hmm. like ten years if he's not already. Yeah. Uh, but it's for my entertainment. So go for it. I'm entertained the fuck out of it. I think it's really enjoyable. I'm enjoying it. It's good stuff. Some of the bigger level big storylines are actually it's a, actually the same as when I was younger. Mm-hmm. All the big storylines I don't give a fuck about. I mean, it's, all it, it's all the little stuff. This dude stuff. versus that guy and blah 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 and hey the bad guy's the yeah. champion. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Now we, now we gotta knock him down the together. Big, the bad guy for a while is Chris Jericho. <laughs> he was a champion doing his Chris Jericho thing. Come out with his crazy pain pill eyes. Yeah. This poor dude. His eyes are always red and squinty looking. Uh, so I guess, I guess Fozzie's not paying the bills anymore. Oh, Fozzie's paying the bills. Fozzie, uh, uh, his intro song is a Fozzie song, and I can't believe it. It's a terrible song. I hate it. And uh, when he comes out, the whole crowd, the whole arena, everyone's singing along <sighs> to the point where when it gets to the chorus and he gets to the ring, they cut the music out, and, and everyone it, continues singing as he stands in the ring, like, not like, yes, these are my people. <laughs> as a bad guy, and it's yeah. impressive. It's yeah. an impressive feat of popularity. Yeah. But it's a terrible song. It's a terrible song. It's, it's Nickelback light. Um, and he just lost to this guy Moxley, who's the champion now, and he's a huge crowd favorite. But he's like a Tommy Dreamer level of like lacking charisma. People yeah. just like him because he works really hard, mm-hmm. and he's sort of like I'm a bad boy type of guy. He's got a terrible haircut. He's no body definition. Like he's in shape, but so, not so like like Mike I, like Mike Awesome from back in the day. No, because Mike Awesome was a giant. Like <laughs> Mike Awesome, no, he Mike Awesome was a little different. 
because he did work out, but I, I guess he also liked cheeseburgers. I don't know. So he was always like he was, <laughs> he was built, doughy. He was doughy. He was he was built doughy. This guy is more like uh, um, Sandman before the beer belly. Okay, you know, just never in no. in shape. But he, he's a big guy though, and he's got a lot of energy. I don't know, but still, it's like yeah. So um, it, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's entertaining me. It's AEW. Okay, Drew. So what do you got? What's your immediate diet? What are you I consuming? Finish the outsider. We already talked about that. Oh, you know what? Since you brought it up, yes. You enjoyed it? It was fun. I enjoyed it as well. I think I, it was I, very good. One thing, I th- I thought the final battle was going to be, like, way more nuts. Yeah, more Legion-y? Just more something. Uh, like Legion the first time. Uh, Any, uh, anything. Yeah, it, it, but then it's it's King. King does right. Um, I mean, more cerebral endings. I mean, like, the it ending is hard to translate, uh, yeah. as we just saw. yeah, yeah. At least that was fun. It was a little more fun. Uh, Yeah, we did do a 15-minute or so bonus episode available at patreon.com slash cuspedista where we got into spoilers and contemplated what they could do for season two, what would we like to see, etc., etc. So that's available over there uh, by the time you guys hear this. How about that? The Outsider. I'm also watching Avenue 5 still. How many episodes are left of that one? It's got to be done. I soon. don't know. It's a comedy. That's just it. And like only half hour, right? Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Interesting. It could, this thing could continue for weeks. And didn't give you any, any indication of the. Uh, it did, well, I mean, the last episode it started the same week that the Outsider did. So maybe twelve. Maybe, but maybe you'll get one more. What is the overall story so far of Avenue Five? They're stuck. It. There was. A, they're on a space cruise, mm-hmm. and. Something happens to where they're off course. So mm-hmm. instead of a three-month cruise, it is now a six-year cruise. Oh, okay. Hilarity ensues. So six six seasons. I don't, I don't know. Probably. Who knows? Man, that is calling your shot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now it's a, a six-year cruise. If they do season two, will you watch it? If the show ends Maybe. like in the new season two, will you watch? Maybe. 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 Depending on what, what else is out at the yeah. time. Depending on if I've got time for it. I mean, you stuck with it. I mean, I'm watching it now just because now it's something to watch. True. True. We're all going to be locked down pretty soon. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, might as well. There's like there's a couple episodes it's, you know, on backlog. So. Yeah, for sure. Now there's like 10 episodes deep. Mm. I got that HBO. Might, might, as well, might as well use it. What am I going to do? Watch Godzilla King of the Monsters? Again. Seen it. <laughs> I seen it. Uh, okay, what else are you watching? Uh, also watched uh, on Netflix a uh, couple music documentaries. Oh, actually, okay. Actually, a bunch of documentaries. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so uh, ZZ Top, that little old band from Texas. ZZ Top, that's what it's called, that little yes. old band from Texas. Mm-hmm. Is it just a retrospective? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much uh, you know stories from themselves, uh, some other people, and uh, they they really all they really do is they go up to Eliminator and like their heyday in the eighties. Okay, and then after that they just like oh, and then they did this, that, 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 that. Because no, nobody cares. There's not much to speak <laughs> of after. Yeah, she got legs. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. funny how a, you could peak. At a point like that, but it uh-huh. peaks so high, yeah, that your your it actually your crest is a long. It, it, it actually made me go back and listen to the earlier stuff because it's more along the lines of like it's that type of ZZ Top that I like. Oh yeah, so a little more rocking. Yeah, a little more southern, in, in a little more blues inspired. Okay, you know, more blues. Just radio. basically, just like it's basically just blues on electric equipment with instead of a old black man, it's a young white guy with a scraggly voice sure so 
that sounds about white. But they but they got the same feel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and definitely the same talent. I mean, the dude on the guitar is oh, fucking. Yeah, man, ZZ Top. They've been around for a while. They know mm-hmm. what's up. So, so it was good. It was entertaining. Yeah. You know, I've always been a fan. You've always been a fan. So did you like learn stuff then? Obviously well, that you haven't I, I, known because you're... All, all I knew was because I learned about the only ZZ Top I know is the, the stuff from MTV. Sure. So Surface el- Eliminator sure. and Forward. Sure, sure, and sure. Everything after Eliminator is pretty much garbage. So mm-hmm. I know Eliminator. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I got you. Okay. Uh, give me another one. Uh, also watched the uh, Miles Davis Birth of the Cool on Netflix. Oh, well, how does that one work? It's birth of the cool. Is it about that that album? No, so it's it's, it's about it's, Miles Davis. It's his entire life, basically, oh, oh, okay, okay. from start to finish, from where he start with you know in teenager in the big band days in the forties, mm-hmm. all the way through to his death. Yeah. So oh, wow. it's it's two hours, mm-hmm. uh, and they have somebody like reading stuff that he had written. So like his oh. notes and memoirs and stuff yeah. like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very much like one of these new age. Very well made, well put together documentaries. Very cool. Uh, I can recommend the Miles Davis autobiography. It's uh, it's, it's probably where they took the stuff pro- from. It probably is because as you read it, it's very obviously a case of Davis speaking to someone, and they just like transcribe what he said and they put it down. So as you read it, it's like, man, this is this is his voice. Like mm-hmm. I, the way he's always like you can you can, yeah. you can hear it in your head as you read it. Um, uh, and he's very open about not being a great dude and how he treated his wives very poorly. And, uh, uh, but also how important like dressing and looking, being like the snappiest dresser and all yeah. that was the way he treated audiences. Like I, I hated speaking to them. He would turn his back to them and shit. He's fascinating. Well, man, yeah. my, that, so, uh, and they talk two, all about all that stuff. Two hours long. Was it like, uh, were you ready for it to be over? Did you want more? How did he feel in terms of like, uh, it was fine. It was, yeah. it was good. It was good. Yeah. Good it watch. was definitely one of the more comprehensive looks too. So it's been a while. I have the book, but it's been a while since I read it. I think I'm just going to watch this, uh, documentary. Sounds yeah, good. It's good. All right. Awesome. Uh, also watched, uh, the, uh, De Palma one that's just called the Palma. You watch the Palma one? I've been yeah. so mean. I've been meaning to watch that and the Spielberg one. I'm going to watch them because the Palma so again. It's, it's just called the Palma. It is called the Palma. It's, a, it, it's Neil Baumbach. It, it, Noah Baumbach. Also an A24 production. That I did not the, realize. The A24 that. logo comes right up and I'm just like, oh God. I did not realize it was, um, it was an A24. You know, and seriously, for, it was it was very informative because mm. it comes, it, it's just basically they just ask him a bunch of questions. Yeah. So it's, comes from his mouth. Yeah, and he's uh, always been a gregarious person yeah. and loves to talk about himself like any of these 70s yeah. guys. The Palma's another name that comes up a lot. He was in the middle of all this shit in the yeah. Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. And, stuff. and they go through all that stuff, so you, you get it straight from the horse's mouth. It's awesome. And it's very informative. God, I gotta watch it. But it's very boring. Because it's, Why? Be, because of the way it's be, made? Because of the way... Cause, like li- dry? Because literally, it is just Brian De Palma yeah. sitting in a chair yeah. talking to you. Yeah. And then every once in a while, they put up like pieces of his movie or like a picture or whatever but it's just <laughs> so visually flat yeah no, and seriously when, when <laughs> it's interesting. at the end when they walk out like they just walk out at the end of the movie is just Brian De Palma like walking out onto a New York street and just like walking down yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they did were, they did that at the A24 office that I walked in front of there you go yeah. when I was in New York Go because he office, just, interview he just, him yeah because he just literally walked out onto a random New York street and is just like walking down the street and it's like I bet you that was the A24 office that's the same one right there oh that's so funny because it's literally it's him, it's him just sitting in a chair it's funny going from like the very produced Miles Davis one yeah 
to then like just the Palma sitting in a chair talking. Yeah, and like I said, it was very informative, but it was very boring. It's similar to the Tyson one was like that. Tyson yeah. was just sit, him sitting on his buddy's couch, mm-hmm. uh, and it's mostly just him talking. But at least that was interspersed with like a lot of uh, footage of him in his younger days and fighting footage and mm-hmm. stuff. But, all, right. all right, the Palma. That's another one that yep. I want to watch. It's on my list. Uh, also watched Bombshell colon the Hedy Lamar story. The Hedy Lum story, really? So, yes. Uh, Why'd you pick this one? Why? Because I found out, a, I saw the the trailer for it mm-hmm. and found out that she was basically like, they basically just traced her and she was both the original Catwoman and she's fucking Snow White. She looked, she is Snow White. Oh. Disney Snow White, that is fucking an animated Hedy Lamar. Didn't even realize that. Yes. That's very funny. So after I re- after I saw that on the trailer, mm. I decided to watch the thing. And she also uh, invented a little thing called, uh, it's like hopping radar or hopping radio. It, it, it's a way to make secret radio communications from like World War II. Oh, wow. It was patented by the, the the Navy took the patent mm. and she never made any money from it. But it's it's the same technology is used in your cell phones and this, that, the other, like for secure technology. And I mean, like the stuff that she invented is actually in use today as technology. And she was the quintessential, quote unquote, early Hollywood bombshell. Like she was the first. Wow, so crazy. she was. Her entire career was about her looks, mm. but she was also like a fucking, an actual a genius. genius. An actual guy named genius. <laughs> so, uh, Hedy Lamar was in uh, Blazing Saddles, I believe. No, she was made fun of in Blazing Saddles. I'm they, not sure if she's still in it. Oh, they made fun of her. Yeah, oh. that, that, that was the name of, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, the uh, the sheriff, was his, his name was Hedley Lamar. Hedley. And, and, and that's actually, uh, what's his face, mm-hmm. was actually... Uh, why can't I think of his name right now? He directed Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks. He was in this because he's old Hollywood. You know, he's been in forever. He That's actually right. knew Hedy Lamar. Makes sense. And he yeah. was like, he was like, I was obsessed with her. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I decided to honor about, her in fucking in this movie. So his career is about like he, he remade um, to be or not to be, I think is what it's called. Uh, like some old Hollywood stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Silent film isn't that another thing he did. That's like a, an ode to old old Hollywood. Yeah. For for him at that time, it was just old Hollywood. No. Oh, interesting. It was very interesting. And that's also Netflix. Also on these Netflix. are all on Netflix. All of these are on Netflix. Okay, this episode brought to you by Netflix. And then I watched uh, while I was on Netflix, and it came out the new uh, the new Mark Marin comedy special came out. Okay, called End Times Fun. And if it wasn't so true and depressing and it probably would have been a whole lot funnier ah see that's the thing with comedy these days uh, I, <laughs> I had to stop watching last week tonight with John Oliver that's what I, I was like this yeah. isn't funny anymore uh-huh. you, you guys just speaking truth <laughs> exactly you guys just speaking truth and it hurts and uh, I, I, I binged watched uh, McMillions on HBO because it's done so is it done I almost, I almost picked it up uh, is it worth watching Drew of course is if it, you, is especially it? if you don't know the story like me being from Florida yeah. like this was local news so mm-hmm. like it was it just happened to be eclipsed by 9-11. Man, crazy. So, what timing? Everything, like, leading up to 9-11, everyone was like, holy shit, did you hear about this, that, the other? Oh, my God, oh, my yeah. God. So I got, I knew all the information. Yeah. Because it was almost like a Florida local story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was happening in fucking Gainesville. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then 9-11 happened, and everybody just kind of, God damn, that's crazy. God yeah, damn. no, it, the, it is, it's bonkers. Six episodes? 
Yes. Yeah. If you have, if you don't know the story, totally watch it. Watch it, it is. It is one of these. You know, like I, I cannot believe this happened in real life. Type shit. And the way it happened. Yeah. And the, and the con- whole, yeah. the all of it. Yeah. It's hilarious. McMillions. And then I uh, finished Hunters on HBO. Finished it. I mean, not, not on HBO on Amazon. On Amazon, it's over. Yeah. Here. Episodes over. five through ten. Well, it, they put the whole thing out. Oh, okay. Is it good? Oh, uh, there's some twists and some turns sure. and some body blahs. Yeah. And at the end, as a whole, I enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. So if season two comes along, you're season, in. Ooh, if season two comes around, it, ah, it all depends on where they go in, with uh, season two. The way season one ended kind of leaves. Uh, I mean, le- I, don't, I don't want to ruin anything because it's but it's a little close. It could. It totally could be. Okay. But they they did also leave the door cracked open. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. That's actually kind of good to know. Um, going into it, I would like to see you know a story that can stand its own. But then it could possibly. I mean, The Outsider is like no. that. So, uh, All right. So Hunters gets the yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Gets a yeah. No. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> gets a yeah. Yeah. Not a yeah. No. It gets no. a. Gets a yeah. Yeah. I mean. It, Most it, things get a yeah or no. nah. I mean, it tries to do. It tries to be other things. Uh, it tries to make like statements. Sure. Uh, and some of them work better than others. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all kind of a touchy subject because it's, you know, it's set in the 70s and it's all about racism and this, that, the other and blah, 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 blah. blah. So. So if you want to exploit that stuff for entertainment. Which you see, can easily. See, that's what this episode is all about. It's, it's all about but, exploiting for entertainment. But even like I said, like it's, I mean, yes, it's all fun and well and bloody and ha, ha, ha sometimes. Yeah. But there's also like. There's a, a lot of this happens like in a concentration camp, yeah, and like flashbacks and shit, and that is n- some fucking rough shit to watch. It's so fun to watch, and like the, they they don't pull any punches either sure. about where they go with it because they're being honest with yeah. you. Yeah, so oh, this is a bummer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's why it took me so long to finish it. It's like I ain't gonna rewatch like Twelve the, Years a Slave anytime soon. Exactly, because like the first four or five episodes, it's just like, oh god, yeah. Fuck! It's like twenty minutes out of every hour is just like I do not want to be watching this. Yeah, this is not fun. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the fun stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, if you want, the, if you want to, you can't have. How can you have your pudding if you don't, you don't need to eat, eat your meat? Exactly, and it, it also makes the the violence much more satisfying because you get the backstory on why these Nazi assholes are getting tortured to death. Yeah, so and I then it, when you're watching it, you're like, oh no, torture that motherfucker. Yeah, get him. <laughs> Again, it's that exploitation. Holocaust exploitation. Yeah, it's a, I guess. It's a thing. Yeah. It's entertainment based on... Uh, I, you know what, though? I, I mean, I, I apparently when this came out, mm-hmm. it got a lot of flack. Sure. Just because well, of the, the subject matter. The subject matter and, sure. and the type of thing that it is. But you know it's not Jewish. <laughs> but at, you know what? As a whole... Watching it for and and the way it was done and the way it ended and, and the way that it progressed this that the other I yeah. th- I think they did it justice interesting uh, respectable yeah interesting okay and that sounds like that sounds more than Drusa Cogburn thumb upish oh. it sounds like Drusa Cogburn uh, mostly legible seal of approval <laughs> you know like when the, when the ink pad is a little dry yeah. like I'm uh-huh. trying I can't get as much ink on here and you stamp it and you stamp it a few times yeah, just put an asterisk on there I'll yeah. know what to yeah, do yeah there we go it's me I, that's I, blue ink you know what I only have black pens <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay 
we're going to be locked down here pretty soon, so I could add it to that. I mean, it's yeah, t- 10 more hours of something to watch. <laughs> it's one day. One day and you know, and you know, the quarantine. Ser- ser- seriously, Al Pacino played a pretty convincing old New York Jew. He's had practice, Drew. He's uh, he's played Jewish for so many. Uh, he did um, Straight Up to Merchant of Venice. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No, not with him, no. What did he play, Shylock? Yes. Oh man. Oh boy. The Shylockiest of Shylocks. They 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 actually make a really funny Shylock joke in this movie. With him in the show. Does he do it with him or someone else? No. So uh, someone else. They say, "What is this, Shylock Holmes?" And I laughed out loud because it was a Jewish character saying it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. You're allowed to do it. Um, yeah, he plays a Shylock in Merchant of Venice. You played not a Shylock, Shylock. the Shylock, the, no, Shylock. the Shylock, not, not a the, Shylock, not the titular. Almost titular say, Shylock. Say, saying a Shylock, no, no, that's just a racial. Epithet. That is just, that is just <laughs> um, and I saw that at the Enzian. That's, that's one that I saw at the Enzian because no one else was like we ain't carrying this garbage. Yeah, no, I, I, I had to read the Merchant of, Shakespeare. I had to read the Merchant of Venice in eighth grade. After that, I'm pretty much off Shakespeare. I didn't have to read it, uh, but I, had I read, read a comic book version of it. That was like 50 pages. I had to read that. Taming of the Shrew. I read that. I read the comic book version of that. And uh, oh, what was the other one? The other one, Midnight like, Summer's I, Dream. I did not care about. Remember when I read that? No, I Midnight Summer's so. Dream. My sixth grade class had to put on a bullshit uh, reading of it in the class. No, no. I, don't I, I wasn't a fan of Shakespeare. There are fairies in it. You know what? Uh, Romeo and Juliet. Even Romeo and Juliet. No. <clears throat> when I saw Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, when I was like 16, 17, I was like, oh my god, I I understand it now. And then I went and I got the book. Uh, that had I think I saw I have it that has um the play in the middle and then on the sides annotations I could help you read it uh, notated no. crazy mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I fucking read that thing a few times no. I was like man this is really good no, no. nope didn't do it for me Titus Andronicus what Anthony Hopkins nope okay I know I know it's just, it's just so called Titus I'm pointing behind me for people who it's right there right. Oh, yeah. Sit at the bottom. It's pretty, it's pretty big, actually. It's because yeah. it's a mm-hmm. special edition. Um, no, no, that one, people's hands get cut off, and there's like poison I mean, veins. I, I get it. It's Shakespeare. I get it. People get cooked into food pies, I get and, it. and then the relatives no. eat them. Mm-hmm. I know. Then Game of Thrones come up with that yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, so I've, I've, I know, I, I'm familiar with, you know, the classic that, Greek tragedies there, as well. A, there's a Michael so, Fassbender's. I, I get it. Michael Fassbender's Whispery Macbeth. I haven't seen Where's that one. Macbeth. No, that's Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what Shakespeare you're quoting. I know, man. I thought, to me, it's all it's all Othello to me. Um, you mean O? I have not seen that one with Julia Bad. Julia Styles and the uh, and then they did uh, uh, Hamlet with um, Ethan Hawke. Oh, you're right. They did the New York City Hamlet. Didn't they? Yeah. Was it going to Patrick on that one? Maybe. Let's take a break because my. Cup is empty, and we gotta do a couple of news stories. We'll do some coronavirus, coronavirus, updates. Coronavirus. <laughs> That's what the worldwide plague is called, the coronavirus. Yeah, sorry, plague. When uh, we all get sick, and we look up, and we hallucinate uh, pretty, pretty skies, and we take pictures of it, and we post it to our Instagram, and, and then all the, then our Instagram all the, feeds. All the unsick people are like, "What are they taking pictures of?" Of the sky. <laughs> yeah, they just see blue sky, <laughs> and then that's how you know you're sick. That's the corona. That's the coronavirus <laughs> test, guys. We solved it. Sure, we solved it. Chris, we have we, we don't know if people with coronavirus actually see hallucinations in the sky. No, this must work. So <laughs> the hashtag coronavirus test. Uh we, we make you take the test, and that's how we know if you're a corona infected replicant. 
if you're real or not. You take a picture of the sky, you post it to Instagram, you look at the picture. Do you see pretty colors? You got you got it. You got the virus, you're replicant. If you don't see if it's blue or black because it's a nighttime sky, then you're fine. <clears throat> you're fine. And go and keep going to bars and restaurants and, and be shoulder to shoulder with other people. Yo, they said social distancing uh Regal was cutting seats. That theater was full as fuck. Yeah, it was. No. That was a full when I turned around, I looked, I was like, there were all mad people in this theater, man. Yeah. They, they social this is nothing. Whatever. Okay. Uh like I said, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with the second half of the show. Here we go. Juice the Cogburn, what an entrance. How you doing? Doing. People couldn't see that, but it was incredible. It was it a was. physical feat of, uh, epic proportions. of epic proportions, of paranormal excellence, and uh, proof positive that the Corona Oriola, what was it called? The the Corona, corona, or, oh, car- corona Oriola? <laughs> no, Damn it. That's something different. Uh, <laughs> I forgot it already. Uh, we're going to be putting on it. At Antihero419, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow at Juice to Cover on Twitter. It's not me, but they do a great job. That's right. Cinema Crispy, so on Instagram. Crispy, so on Twitter. I am Chris Crispy on Twitter. Cinema Crispy, so Facebook group. We got we don't have that much time in the second half, so I gotta get to uh-huh. yep. Patreon.com slash Crispy. So we just talked about Time Cop 1994 Classic. It was fantastic. Uh, by f- it was fantastic. I mean, our recording of the episode. The movie itself was good, but <clears throat> that was a fun that was a fun record. We had a good time trying to break down how time works. <laughs> Maybe we should have skipped the Sherbert OG <laughs> beforehand. Uh, so we, 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 we had some fun. People can hear me on the uh, Tom and Dan, a corporate time episode this week, the Wednesday episode, the second half. But it's to be honest, guys, it's the same bullshit I say in this episode, just with Tom and Dan making jokes over me. So uh, if you like that, go ahead and check that out. Uh, and uh, anything else that needs a promoter plug or let me think or so? No. <clears throat> Alright. So uh cinema crispy so gmail.com no one uses it this week. That's fine. We have our Facebook group uh comment slash question thread that people did use in Drew Chicago. You know, Chris, I have I have a feeling in these next uh, next couple weeks yeah. we're gonna be getting a lot more viewer or listener interaction mm-hmm. because they're gonna be viewing a lot more things. We have a lot less to do outside of listen to podcasts and watch things and then interact with said podcast. So we welcome your uh, your quarantine mails. 
Back to the drawing board. Uh, you know what? We have some time to work that one out. We'll be back next week with the update <laughs> on how that works. But in the meantime, let's go to that Facebook group thread and see what people say. Uh, Ron asks, what's up, Ron? What are you going to binge during the quarantine? Are y'all still going to the movies? I'd be going. I'm going to go to the movies until I, either once we can't. Either until A, I am ill or B. Or B, there are no movies to be watched. There are no movies to be watched. Especially since they're already doing... They're already pushing shit back. They're pushing shit back, but I'm saying since they're already do, reducing capacity and uh, there's supposed to be less people in the theaters, you know. I keep my hands in my pockets, watch them before and after, as long as I'm not sick, you know, we'll see. Uh, but the binging at home, boy, I mean, I don't know. We were talking earlier about the Avenue 5. Maybe mm-hmm. I should add that to the list. There's also I'm gonna Euphoria start- is another show that I'm to watch. I'm going to watch Devs. Yes, Devs, uh, they put up episodes three and four, I believe, okay. so I am behind on those. I haven't watched any. Yeah, the first two are great. Uh, now that there's four episodes out, might as well jump on it. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be a great one to do. That's four hours to kill right there. Oh, boy, a lot of time left. Um, that's a good half day. <laughs> that's a half day. That's a half day. I got a whole stack of books. That's honestly, more than anything, uh, if I am stuck in a, in a quarantine lockdown position where, considering my day job, I'd be a little surprised if that happens. But yeah. if it does... I got a whole stack of books I'm dying to get into. I got this one called The Overstory that's been sitting on my shelf for a while. The only reason I got it is because I was reading a Keanu Reeves interview. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you reading, Keanu? And he's like, I'm reading this. I'm, I'm reading The Overstory. I'm like, Amazon Prime, <laughs> Overstory, send it. What's it about? Oh, <laughs> uh, I got that to read. I got uh, the, uh, the the Lost City of the Monkey Kingdom with the monkey, Lost City of the Monkey God uh, about these dudes, uh, this whole team that went into uh, Honduras uh, jungle in 2012 to look for this like uncovered city and how the jungle tried to kill them all. Well, yeah, I mean, it's jungle. Oh, I'm excited to read that one. Uh, Venomous snakes that spit their venom at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it hits your skin, it just dissolves the skin. <laughs> um, I got this one called the the Glass Hotel. I don't even know what it's about. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it because of, I listened to the Jeselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project, uh, Anthony Jeselnik's podcast. It's supposed to be a sports podcast, but it's not. At the end of each episode, they do recommendations, and he recommended uh, a book that's coming out in a couple months. Like he got a galley of it. Uh, and he said, this book is great, and it's from the person who wrote this, The Glass Hotel. And I was like, oh, shit, let me read that then. Um, and uh, let me see anything else. I've like, got so much shit, Drew. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. It's truly annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get through it. What mm-hmm. have you got anything that you anything else? Any video games that you've been wanting to like, jump into? There's nothing on the horizon. I mean, I'm waiting for Cyberpunk, and that's, you know. Yeah, I got pushed, didn't it? Yeah, November. Damn. So man, nothing. There's like nothing okay. out there. All right, that's it. That's that's on our list so far. Uh, send us your recommendations, and we'll add it to the list. Uh, Gabe's got a couple of reviews for us. What's up, Gabe? He's got a Devs review and a Dave review. Oh, not a Dave on a fix. Mm, I actually actually both of these are on FX. I, I actually watched the first episode of Dave. All right, so we talk go. about that later. We'll talk about that now. Uh, Devs review. Binge the first four episodes. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. Brings up a lot of big ideas, but that's par for the course with Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. If you like Ex Machina, my top ten, you'll like the show. Yeah, yeah, huge ideas for sure in the first two eps. Yeah, maybe I'll watch the three and four tonight. The um, the the path that they're going down and the things that they're doing. It's like why? Why are they even trying to? But they make it obvious why. Anyway, it's it's good. It's good stuff for sure. And Dave review. All right, Dave, here we go. That's the the little Dicky show. Yep. Only two episodes in. Heard some things, but it's okay. 
Kind of Broad City meets Curb. Heard Atlanta parallels, but that it is not. Mm. Just storyline. Entertaining enough so far. Okay. My, uh, my brother started watching it today, and he told me uh, uh, unprovoked that uh, he, he's been watching it, and he recommends it. He thinks it's very funny. Mm. Uh, and then I was like in here working or whatever, and I heard him laughing. He's like, as he was watching, laughing out loud. So it's, uh, maybe, yeah, I'll check it out. It's, I watched the first episode. Did you like it? I wasn't impressed. It's only the first episode, though. A comedy. Even with Avenue 5, you were impressed with the first episode of Avenue 5, and, you, and you're sticking with it. I think um, that, the comedies are really hard. They got to get in their groove. Like, my, my whole thing is that I like, I kind of like some little Dicky songs. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm already a fan a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, I don't know. I guess I'm looking for him. I guess I'm looking for something else. Get a little more little Dicky in it. A little more Dick. A little more Dick. Well, the little Dicky is, is they're the same. It's part of the joke. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, right. like, I get it. I just didn't think it was that funny. Okay. But you only watched one episode. Yeah. But there's only two, I think. Or maybe three. I'm not going to watch anymore. So. You're not even going to bother watching it anymore. I don't care enough. No. Not even if someone else is like, man, you got to give a comedy. I feel like you got to give more than. Uh, I'm already giving a comedy a chance. I can't give two comedies chances right now, Chris. <laughs> hey, you know, all right. I ain't going to argue with that. Um, not like I've seen any of the episodes. I'm not going to fucking argue with something I haven't watched yet. Uh, all right. Thanks, Gabe. We appreciate it, buddy. And Ron as well. Was that it? That's it. That's it, guys. For your interactive segment. Okay, so let's talk about some COVID delays. All right. No time to die. James Bond got delayed from April 2020 to November 2020. Full seven months. Uh-huh. Projected they're eating about $50 million in, uh, in right. um, halting things. Ad, ad stuff. No. Specifically, this, the money that they spent on ads now, they lost that, and then they're going to spend it again. In October, September, mm-hmm. October, so yeah, about fifty million there. F nine pushed an entire year from May twenty twenty to April twenty twenty one. Oh fucking no! Hey, but uh, that's done because of the worldwide marketplace needs to stabilize, not just here in America, but everywhere for these things to really be, especially yeah. fast nine to be yeah, really that's, profitable. Yeah, right, they, they need to wait for China on. to sell down. Yes, that's what they're banking on. Just like Disney has to wait for China for Mulan. Yeah, so that that, got, that of. All of the pushbacks, that makes the most sense. That does make the most sense. Uh, no, now, no time the guy got pushed in November and F9 got pushed to April 2021, but nothing else really has um, definitive new release dates. So, Quiet Place 2, delayed. Mulan, delayed. Antlers, that Scott Cooper yeah. horror movie, delayed. Uh, that one looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks weird. It looks pretty good. Fucking the cursed movie that is New Mutants. Delayed, delayed again. again. The slime no fold their own, but delayed. They should just put it out. Like seriously, it. who gives a shit? Just, just put this thing out. Um, production has been halted, uh, suspended on Little Mermaid. Yep. This is all Disney. Mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, Home Alone, which is uh, for the streaming service. The Last Duel, which is the Ridley Scott directed. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, like 17th century, 18th century. Yeah, the last legal duel in the United States. Duel movie. And um, Shrunk, which is the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, legacy sequel. Yeah. It's a sequel. Because Josh Gad is playing the... um, Son of Rick Moranis. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, man. Crazy delays. Theaters are cutting back uh, show times. That's only for now. I uh, would not be surprised if two weeks from now we'd be talking about how the theaters are closed. I mean, depending on where you are and how bad it is, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, in, in the bigger cities, I could definitely see it happening. In the suburbs and places like Florida, because, where things only are more because spread things out. are more spread, it might only be like, we just might have to drive out to wherever. Like, oh, like, like the Disney Springs one's shut down, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, we'll see been on clusters and things like that. Um, yeah, because we're America. We gigantic. Like, Italy shut down. They closed all their theaters and but, shit, but, but it's Italy. It, Italy's like the state of Florida. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the whole state of Florida gets shut down because we got, we got, oh, my God. That'd be, we have peninsula. Um, yeah, they'll build a wall. I mean, de- depending on how bad it gets in Florida, I could see there being, like, in... Um, Seattle with that one nursing home. Yeah, I could see that happening on mass down here. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Scary. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, we're just gonna keep on trucking. We're gonna do what we can. We're, we'll see what movies do come out as they do, and it, when they do, we will see them, and we will see them when we can. Uh, let me see. I don't have too many stories here, but that's fine because we don't even have that much time. But this one, oh man, I love these. This one is crazy. The Galactic Star Cruiser. Okay. That is the name of the hotel. Okay. That they got for the the Star Wars oh. uh, Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I heard a little bit about this. It's a Star Cruiser. Uh, the whole experience, because that's what it is, is very yeah. interesting. And we got some more details about how it will work. So it will open sometime in 2021, for sure. Uh, you can stay there for, where is it? You have to book it, I think it's by three days. Three days, two nights. Two nights at a time. So uh, you can't do like, I want a five-day stay or seven-day stay. Mm-hmm. I only stay for one day. No, you got to do the three-day, two-night stay. Uh, rumors that it will cost anywhere from $3,300 a person. Uh, or it could be 7200 for a cabin. It seems five. Those are some uh, random Jesus. numbers that threw out there. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm looking for some of the, the more interesting stuff. Here we go. One of the more... So the Galactic Star Cruiser is the name of the hotel, but when you're inside the hotel, it's actually all called the Halcyon, which is the story within the story type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just driving up to the door, you know, you go to a hotel, you drive up to the door, you walk in, you check in, all that stuff. What do you do is you have to go to a launch pod. Yeah, I'm sure you have to park your car, and then like the shuttle that takes you there is also Star Wars themed. Well, that's go. The, <laughs> the launch pod transports you through space quote in space okay so they right? got stuff on the inside yeah think of the um the hogwarts train over mm-hmm. at universal uh where it takes you through and all that shit yeah. uh and then it docks with the star cruiser so then once you enter the terminal you feel like you you're in a galaxy far away you look out the windows of the terminal and it's just like outer space and yeah. stuff like that right uh so then the idea is yeah so instead of just walking to a hotel it's a whole experience that starts that gets you there um it will allow guests to live their own Star Wars story. Each person will be allowed to, if they choose, to take on the role of a citizen of the galaxy. They can interact with other guests and other cast members. Uh, that is essentially three days. It's, it's LARPing. Yeah. It's 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 high-priced LARPing. Yeah. There will be lightsaber training. Uh, the bridge will be open for guests to check out how the, the controls work of the Star Cruiser. The, there's an engineering room. Uh... That you can uh, sneak around in, mm-hmm. and there's uh, an atrium where you, you know it's like the uh, the hangout spot. Then it has its own entrance into the Galaxy's Edge, so you can go from the Star Cruise. It'll be like, oh, we have docked with uh, whatever the name of this planet is, like a cruise. Yeah, and then you can enter into the Galaxy's Edge world. But then you can continue on into uh, 
Magic Kingdom, I guess. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. At one point, does the spell get broken? Because it will be. Yeah. 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 At, at a certain point in time. Yeah. At a certain point, it's like, oh, damn it. I paid all this money. And you're just serving me Coca-Cola? Yes. But they're calling it Star Wars Cola. Star Wars Coca-Cola. God <laughs> damn it. It's called Star... We're in the Star Wars universe. It's called Star Wars within the Star Wars universe, man. Okay, it's just Star Cola then. Ah, there we go. Star Cola. That's a good idea. We should patent that. We should sell. We should sell Star Cola. Lubricate your ion joints with the tasty treat of galactic corn syrup. Oh uh, boy, uh, galactic corn syrup. <coughs> Intergalactic corn syrup. Intergalactic corn syrup. Uh, Bloomhouse is making a Dracula movie. Okay. And they're gonna go. It's Bloomhouse, so they gotta go low budget. That's their yeah. thing, right? Uh. This is based on the success of The Invisible Man, mm-hmm. right? And they're talking to Karen Kusama, who did Destroyer with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And you ever see The Invitation? Yeah. Yeah, the the, the Hollywood Hills. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we, with, with not Tom Hardy. With not Tom Hardy. Yes, yes, yes. Precisely with not mm-hmm. Tom Hardy. Uh, maybe he'll be Dracula because he is an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, was that also Bloomhouse? Leah Waddle? Um I mean, what, what are you going to do? What could be low-budget Dracula? How could they make low-budget Dracula interesting? Because uh, the whole idea is that he's a rich guy. and uh, I mean, is Dracula even that interest, interesting to keep making movies about him? I mean, it's uh, it's all up to... It, I mean, they could do a different take on it. Said the gentleman vampire. Maybe could he be something else? Right. Well, they have done the, the monster vampire. That's uh, Blade 2. Mm-hmm. Um, the Strain, also Del Toro. Mm-hmm. He just likes gross vampires. Yeah. Speaking of gross vampires, Kate Beckinsale's got a Harvey Weinstein story. <laughs> Especially now that he's in prison. Yeah, yeah. Now, now the story's going to really Now, the, exactly. Now everyone's going to feel free to really say, oh yeah, this guy was a monster. Kate Beckinsale. Do you ever see the movie Serendipity, rom-com? With her and John Cusack? No. It is terrible. Um, it's a Miramax joint. Weinstein produced it. And the movie was set to come out October 2001. So 9-11 happened. Everyone was like, oh, this is a bummer. Our premiere set in New York City. Like, oh, maybe we shouldn't Ooh, do this. Yeah. Uh, but Weinstein was like, no, the show must go on. So Kate Beckinsale went to the premiere. Everyone wants to premiere. No one wanted to do it, but they did it anyway. And she dressed in like a white, all white suit with a tie. Uh, was her outfit of choice? Um, she actually posted a picture. Here's a picture of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's her. Mm-hmm. And then she has this long post. I'm just gonna go ahead and read her Instagram post. She said these photos were taken at the premiere, October fifth, two thousand one. We all refused to go. The city was still smoking. <laughs> it felt disrespectful, but Harvey insisted. We flew to New York. Somehow I got through it. Next morning, Harvey called me and asked if I would like to bring my less than two year old daughter to his house for a play date. With his daughter, I said, okay. I turned up. He immediately called for his nanny to take the babies to another room. I went to go with them. He said, no, you wait here. The minute the door closed, he started screaming, you stupid fucking cunt, cunt, all caps. You cunt, cunt, all caps. You ruined my premiere. I had no idea what he was talking about, and he started to shake. He said, if I am throwing a red carpet, you get into a tight dress. You shake your ass. You shake your tits. You do not go down it looking like a fucking lesbian, you stupid fucking cunt. Wow. The shock made me burst into tears. I tried to say, Harvey, the city is on fire. People are still looking for their relatives. None of us even felt the premiere was appropriate, much as coming out dressed like it's a bachelor party. He said, I don't care. It's my fucking premiere. If I want pussy on the red carpet, that's what I get. Screaming, livid. 
I managed to get myself and my child out of there. And yes, that was one of many experiences I had that there was no recourse for and falls under no felony, but I was punished for it for other instances where I said no to him. Uh, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. So, This episode is... Shout out to Harvey Weinstein. Big up, Harvey Weinstein! You have fun rotting in jail the right. next 23 plus years. You were in Rikers for 23 years. Well, I mean, I'll depend. I mean, he's he is going to be out of Rikers for a little while so he can be flown to Los Angeles for another trial. They can do a video, video conferencing. <laughs> they can Skype him into his LA, LA courtroom. Wake him up at 6 a.m. for his uh, 9 a.m. No, it's the other way. He gets to sleep in. <laughs> that fuck. He'll he'll die. He'll die a gross, old, disgusting man soon. And uh, the world will be better for it. Oh yeah. So that's that's Kate Beckinsale's Harvey Weinstein story. Speaking of gross Hollywood predators, you know the the liberal bubble that uh, the right is so uh, mm-hmm. the, the liberal agenda. Corey Feldman had that crazy. Pay-per-view screening that went terrible. Did it? Yes. I knew it was happening. I don't care, so I didn't pay t- any attention. His documentary, My Truth, colon, The Rape of Two Corys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a screening mm-hmm. in L.A. Uh, and then anyone who paid $20 could then stream it online as it debuted live. Okay. Okay. I, it p.m. on Monday when the film, this is an L.A. Times uh, reporting of the whole night. It's just a wild article. This is what we're going to end with. 8 p.m. Monday, when the film was supposed to begin streaming online, paying customers were not were met with an error message. Cool. Realizing the website was down, Feldman decided to halt the screen. It was at the Directors Guild. So he he halted the screen at the DGA until the technical issues were resolved, but they never were. Feldman told the crowd inside the theater, I love to say this is all a big act, but it's not. It's real. Uh, Feldman asked his producer to amplify a phone call through a loudspeaker so the audience could hear the technicians describe how the service had been attacked numerous times by hackers. Please be patient, a message read on the film's website. The hackers are trying to prevent this stream from airing. The program will begin momentarily. We appreciate your patience and support. That's the hackers. The hackers. Uh, In the audience included Rosanna Arquette, Patricia Richardson, Dave Navarro, Chris Catan, Jamie Kennedy. They all urged him to go on with the screening, even though it wouldn't be able to be online. Okay. Um, they did the screening. Well, let me see here. Early Tuesday morning, Feldman gave an update on Twitter. I give you my personal guarantee that everyone will get to see the film, even if I have to burn DVDs and send them to each of you. He also writes like a child. Like, mm-hmm. like to get two to number two. See yeah. the letter C, the film. Everything's in caps. Send them to each of you. Anyway. Uh, blah, blah, blah. In the movie, Feldman describes, discloses details about his sexual abuse he suffered as a child. He also alleges Corey Haim faced similar abuse, most notably at the hands of actor Charlie Sheen. Okay. So he's been saying for a long time, I got names, I'm going to say names, I'm going to finally drop these names. The one name in this documentary is Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen has been battling rape allegations against Corey Haim for years now. Uh, Corey Haim's mom was like, I know Charlie Sheen, and I know my son. I remember my son. He didn't change after the movie, after the alleged the time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mom doesn't even believe that it was mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen. But uh, some people do. Um, oh, why did a stupid pop-up? Stupid pop-up popped up, fucking my shit up. Pop, pop, popping. Uh, okay, here we go. So, hackers. He molded release. He People urged him to... Air it. He finally played it. 
Uh, in the film, Feldman says, this wasn't like a one-time thing, Haim said in passing. It wasn't like, oh, by the way, this happened. He went into great detail. He told me Charlie bent me over in between two trailers and put Crisco oil on my butt and raped me in broad daylight. Anybody could have walked by. Anybody could have seen it. Uh, Judy Haim has for years asserted that he was not, Corey, sexually assaulted by Sheen. Uh, I would have known if anything was wrong. My kid hid nothing. He was like transparent. He never hid anything. He was Corey. It's out of his character. It's number one. Uh, skip it all the Sheen stuff. TMZ. Blah, blah, blah. Sheen, Sheen, Sheen. I want to get back to the, the, the Feldman things. Here we go. He says, I am just a bit lost as to what we do next. And I guess I have to figure it out. He said, as some scoffed from their seats at the end of the screening. Feldman went on to explain that the e-news journalist who was supposed to moderate the panel had been forced to drop out by the network two hours before the event. He said he was also frustrated with the Associated Press, which he said backed out of a live interview on Monday after watching a copy of the film. <laughs> Apparently they weren't impressed. They were not impressed. <laughs> they were like, oh, this is a bunch of garbage. We don't need to talk to you. They said there's, yeah, they said there's no crowd there. Feldman told the crowd that he had made like a million dollars in ticket sales. There's no story here. The This has been previously reported. There's no news here. But then, prior to attending the... Okay, here we go. This is all right. After the screening. This is all real. He urged the remaining moviegoers to head to the Sunset Strip, where, quote, free pizza and potato skins awaited at the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Prior to attending the party, Feldman was supposed to complete interviews with some members of the press. Remember, he was complaining about, there's no press. Where's my press? Prior to the party, he was supposed to complete interviews but 20 minutes after the documentary was over, Feldman was nowhere to be found. His publicist, Samantha. Did Corey leave? He just left me with all the press. I'm done. Uh, so she's all pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, a journalist went with the publicist to the Rainbow Bar and Grill. <laughs> Story continues. Uh, trying to track down Corey Feldman. Ron Jeremy was there with Crystal Hefner. Hefner. There we go. A, Hef- a Hefner. So Ron Jeremy was there with a Hefner. Feldman, nowhere to be found. Here's a picture of Corey Feldman dressed like Michael Jackson. What the fuck? Yep. Totally dressed like Michael Jackson. I want to quit. Samantha joked, the publicist, uh, standing out clouds of cigarette smoke as her calls continued to go to Feldman's voicemail. About an hour later, Feldman finally arrived, flanked by his wife, Playboy Playmate Shauna Sand. And a bevy of paparazzi. I'm so sorry to keep you waiting, he said. A team of half a dozen security guards led him back to the table. I'm very frustrated, he said. I expected a big celebration. Now I don't feel celebratory at all. I'm very upset, upset, referring to whoever allegedly attacked his website as, quote, terrorist and pedo protectors. Mm. Feldman admitted he was unsure of how, his movie, as how he would move forward with the movie. Uh, and then he goes where he goes, blah, blah, blah. It's like talking to Netflix, talking on Lifetime. Uh, everybody's afraid to take a risk. Netflix is afraid to take the risk. He spent $300,000 on production, had to pay a million dollar deductible for insurance, $400,000 more between the insurance premium and the upfront freeze for the streaming, streaming platform. And then he finally goes, okay, I'm, I'm on tour going. Oh, no, 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 no. He goes, it's not fair that I had to stop everything I was doing. I felt very pressured. He paused to get his publicist's attention. Sammy, can I get some food? <laughs> he asked. I want the food that I paid for. I paid for all this food. I don't see it anywhere. I want the damn potato skins. One of the higher security guards swiftly obtained the skins. 
And then he goes back. As I said, the most important thing is victims finding the courage to speak their truth. Feldman continued, biting into a potato. <laughs> Just a picture. It's a good... good no, no, yeah. uh, we're, we're painting a pretty good word picture here of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of a weird little shit. Um, and then he goes on about victims being intimidated and Corey and nothing will stop this and God and children and... Oh, boy, oh, boy, Corey Feldman. Yeah. Oh, boy, Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's really... Uh bottom of the barrel there he is he's he's pretty close to the bottom of the barrel apparently he has enough money to spend on all the stuff uh i mean he paid for all the pizza and potato skins good for you so shit i can barely eat four pizza and potato skins for me i was about to say for one let alone for how many for f- dozens <laughs> maybe two of them ron jeremy showed up <laughs> well i mean ron jeremy's like free food i'm there yeah that is the truth uh you know it's any sort of free food any sort of public gathering ron jeremy's there there's a story from the crank two directors yeah and crank two how they had a scene in which uh because you know those crank movies are insane they had a scene in which a bunch of porn actresses actors and actresses were protesting like for better wages or something so it's like a picket line and the day of the shoot they had hired all these people to show up they get to the shoot it's an outdoor shoot and then ron jeremy shows up uninvited and he goes, hey, I heard this was happening. I just assumed you wanted me here. <laughs> Apparently, that's how he gets into movies. By the way, can I get a sandwich? That, Thanks. Yes. <laughs> Where's catering? That's how he gets into movies. He just shows up. And he's like, I assumed you wanted me here. And then he gets in. That's, uh, he's in a lot of movies. Well, then as he, an extra. A, he gets in the movie. B, he doesn't get paid. But but C, he gets a meal. Mm. He probably doesn't have a lot of money these days. And you know what? Looking at the shape of him, he's found, he's found his meals. Yeah. He's finding those meals. Good for him. He's got him. Grab it by the base and squeeze it to try. It's like a, it's like a uh, balloon. It's like a balloon that's half uh, full of water. So you, <laughs> you want it to look like it's full of water. So you got to squeeze the bottom. It's like when you have that toothpaste tube. It's like I got to get it all to the end. So you squeeze it, and then but you, but you have to cap on that, that it looks full. That's a guy who's done too much fucking. You done too much fucking, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> just, just when you thought that you, that, you, that couldn't be done, guess what? It can. That's right, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> You've done too much fucking. Um, time for some final thoughts. Let me turn to the camera here. Juicy Cogburn, our final thoughts. What is the moral for today's episode? The moral is uh, hallucinate me once, you're a dunce. Uh, hallucinate me twice. Feeling so nice. Juicy Cogburn, what have you learned? What is today's episode's moral? I mean, there's no moral, Chris. Is there ever a moral? True Chicago laying down the truth. There is no moral because this is life. Isn't morality just a human construct? Morality is subjective. That's that's the first thing they teach in law school. Right? I haven't actually got <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Yeah, neither can I. Uh, well, that's it for today's episode. Drusley Cogburn, thank you. You're and you're welcome, listeners, for your free episode. Go to patreon.com to pay for the good stuff. We will be back next week with 376 Faux Show. Peace out. A PFT Media Production.